If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost, month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com audio. That's carshield.com audio. One is done. Here's hour two for you on Josh and the Who. Paul Gawant sitting next to me, 713-780-3776. This Andrew behind the glass. Andrew Carlson shakes his head just a little bit because he heard the best, the most fire transition from hour one into hour two for yet another day. Paul, uh, Andrew, Paul won't swap shirts with me. I really like his his blue Dr. Pepper shirt with the Texas, the Texas State outline. He won't swap shirts with me. Do you think that that is a friend faux pas or no? Absolutely not. Why not? You guys are very different sized individuals. What does that mean? One of you is larger than the other, and therefore cannot you, fit in that shirt. He just called you large, Paul. No, he just called you fat, dude. No, uh, did you? Is that what that is? Did you just call me fat? I didn't call you did fat. You I fat called you larger. Me? Wow, that's rude. I, I just, I think I'd fit into it. It'd be fine. You definitely would not fit into. It. I why? Do you think I would stretch it out? Yes, I would not stretch that shirt you out. Definitely It'd be fine. It, it maybe it would fit a little bit better on you afterwards. Once something stretches, it doesn't go back. That. What? It's a shirt. I, that's true, but I, try, I don't a, know. you can't get it back. I'll convince you. I always get the yes. I'll find a way to get the yes. That's that's problematic. Just like Jose, I'm uncomfortable now, so yeah. Yeah. yeah transition. <laughs> Just like Jose Altuve will eventually, hopefully, get the yes from the Astros. Do you see this article on Sports Map about Jose Altuve giving a surprising update on his Astros contract status? He did an interview with Ken Hoffman. And oh, he does an interview with Ken Hoffman. Doesn't do one with me. Yeah. Well, oh, oh, you think you're on the same level as Ken Hoffman? Hmm. Wow. Yes. That is a that is being awfully presumptuous. Well, I mean, sir. listen, I, I haven't questioned the Astros. I'm probably like the best bandwagoner on the Astros bandwagon there is right now. That's I'm the true. One, I'm the one who's you, saying you're, you're still 10, 10 out of 10. 10. Yeah. 10 out of 10. That's fine. True. Everything's fine. Dusty's great. Manager of the year. Martin Maldonado doesn't get enough credit. That's true. Uh, All well, those things. I'd say definitely on the most unrealistic fan side of things, but no, I mean blindly following always right. a, blindly following a team no matter what. Yeah, because they is, are holy. Oh wow! I'm going to tell Tom Brady that you said that. Oh, well, um, listen, I'm a man of many gods. <laughs> that, that I guess that's fine. Yeah. yeah, Dusty or Tom Brady, choose one. Tom Brady. Okay. Wow. Wait. I thought you take There's the a hierarchy. I thought you take the, the take the opportunity to pander a little bit. So what you're saying is like Tom Brady is like he's like the higher god, and Dusty yeah. Baker is like a minor god. You know, it's like, you it's know, like if, Zeus versus uh, versus Ares or something. Well, don't don't hate on Ares. Well, I'm not hating on Ares, but Ares is just slightly below Zeus in the in the hierarchy. No, no, no. Of, all, all the twelve are on the same level. Oh, get out of here. We we all know that Zeus is. Look, I don't want to get into a Greek mythology discussion oh, I'm Zeus, here. I have a beard. Okay. Look at me. He throws lightning, bro. I have sex with everybody, and I don't actually take care of my kids. Well, that's fair. That's that's, that's a fair point. He is He's a bad, a terrible dad. father. Terrible father. Uh, okay, before we get get into this interview with Ken Hoffman, yeah, what are your feelings on the Astros giving Jose Altuve a, a new contract? Well, based off of everything that we've heard from Astros GM Dana Brown, who I think has acted a lot like a politician over the course of the year because he constantly is promising things and yet we're not seeing Yeah, he results. wants everybody to retire as an Astro. Right. He said this about Jose Altuve. He said this about Alex Bregman. He said this about Kyle Tucker. There's a Howard Dean element to him. Yeah, so yeah, it's still one of my favorite moments of all time. To bring it back to Altuve, 
I would be shocked if the Astros did not make Altuve specifically an Astro for life. Yeah. I really would be. I feel like Altuve would probably be a little bit more agreeable than perhaps Alex Bregman yeah. or Kyle Tucker. On that front, I don't know, though, that the Astros are going to all of a sudden give out the long-term contract to keep a guy around forever when they haven't done it yet. And I, I think you could make a strong case that Altuve is the greatest Astro of all time. Yes, I, I think that he is. the case has been made and that discussion is over, in my opinion. The real tricky thing is, though, Josh, if you decide to give Altuve the lifetime contract and, and sort of change your operation strategy, is this going to potentially hurt you in the not-too-distant future? I mean, yes, but how much? If he falls off a cliff, which who knows if that's going to ever happen. Right. But when you start giving out the long-term contracts, especially when your track record has been pretty damn good if you're the Astros as far as guys that you've let walk. Like, George Springer doesn't play as much as you'd like to see him. Yeah. Uh, uh, you could say the same thing about uh, Carlos Correa. They've They've actually, in being measured, largely thanks to the amazing job that they've done building up that farm system over all the years, they have not sweated over right. letting guys walk at all. No, they haven't. Let's actually hear from Dana Brown himself. This is what Dana Brown had to say about Altuve and Bregman and where he wants their career trajectories to end up. You know, with uh, Bregman and Altuve, I just made it clear to them, you know, and then there's some communication with Scott Boris, you know, because he has both players, that, hey, you know what, Th these guys should retire here, you know. They should be Houston's for life, man, because we think and value their their abilities. We think Altuve has still got some gas in the tank, you know, and, and of course, you know, Bregman's he's still pretty good. So we're trying to sustain the winning, and it's going gonna, it's gonna to tell guys we're going to get done sooner, and then some guys we're going to have to wait, but we are constantly in communication to try to make sure that we get these players secured. That is from Dana Brown back on February 16th during spring training talking about the contracts of Jose Altuve and Alex Bregman. I love how he like says all these things about Jose Altuve and he's like, "Man, Bregman's pretty good too, I guess." Like he's ah, he's all right. Um I'm not I'm not nearly as concerned like when we're talking about the contracts of these two and some people might take this the wrong way, but I would not mind if if you come down to a decision between Altuve and Bregman, it's Altuve all day, not even not even a chance. Like I don't yeah. even think twice about it. I mean, it. look at the level the two are playing oh, at it's, this year. It's not even. It's not even close. Bregman has been hitting better recently, but, but Altuve is on an effing tear. Yeah. And I mean, had he played the whole year, had he not been hurt in the World Baseball Classic, where is he in the MVP conversation? I, where is he statistically across yes. baseball? The the recent stretch has truly been awesome to watch. Especially, you know, he had at one point five home runs and six at bats. I don't disagree with your point about about changing the way you operate. Do you change if you change the way you operate the way you operate, what does that look like for the team in the future? But I do I do believe that there are there are players where exceptions are made and everybody understands that Altuve is in that realm of a player that you make an exception for and I am of the opinion that I don't care what future ramifications could be, I don't care what the contract would require, you do whatever you can to keep Jose Altuve in an Astros jersey for the rest of his career. 
Number one, because he deserves it and he's earned it. And I know that that's like so we, when we talk about the business of sports, deserved it and earned it doesn't really go a long way. It's about what they can do and what the, what it's going to look like in you the contract. You should but, be paying for future, not past. Agreed. I, to- I totally agree with that. Ex- in principle. Except for partly with Altuve. The other thing that I think you do as an organization, if you make the decision, if for some reason you make the decision not to sign Altuve or go in another direction, what are you telling other players about your best possible best player that has ever played for you in the history of the organization you're not going to stay loyal to him then what do you do i i uh, jose altuve is the he is the backbone of the culture of this organization and has been for years if you lose that and then other players look and see well they're not even going to stay loyal to jose altuve why would i want to go play there i think that's a good point i i think what you got to wonder about just as we get further and further into the future when it comes to sports how many players are going to play their entire careers with one team. And I suppose we'll learn a little bit more a decade from now because baseball has been a little bit different. Baseball does seem like it's the one sport where guys actually do sign these lifetime-looking deals. Uh, You could point to Mike Trout. But now all of a sudden you're hearing, okay, well, maybe the Angels would decide to move Mike Trout and some team would potentially try to take him on. It's just not the same, though. It's uh, Mike Trout and the Angels. There's been no history of success there. You're right. It's not the same. Let me bring it back to one that, that if you listen to me enough, you, you probably get annoyed with how much I talk about it, but... I mean, the Patriots effed up the Tom Brady situation. Right. They completely effed it up. Like, that's the greatest totally football agree. player of all time. And they just had to have this, like, grand reunion yeah. on Sunday before a week one game after he'd been gone playing with the Buccaneers for three years and where it felt like there was a weird divide yeah. between the organization and Brady. And it's different in football where guys aren't playing their entire careers with one right. team ever again. Like, that's it just seems like that, that day is long Long, long gone. But but I I think you made a good point about how, like, what does it say to other players in the organization if the guy who legitimately changed this team from being a laughing stock and afterthought that no one paid attention to from 2011 to um, 2014, 15 to this? Yeah. Uh, Yeah, you look bad. This is now all that being said, we I think we're on the same page that Altuve whether or not we think the Astros are going to give him another contract, Altuve deserves to have that contract. This is what was said during the interview on SportsMac with Houston's Ken Hoffman. Ken Hoffman asked, we know the baseball, we know that baseball is a business. Do you think you'll spend the rest of your career with the Astros? Altuve's answer, I'll, I'll always say that I love Houston and the people here. This is the only team I've played for. We have one more year on my contract. We'll see what happens. Ken Hoffman, uh, his follow-up question was, have the Astros approached you about a new contract? Have you started talking to them? Jose Altuve's response, no. Does that concern you at all? Now, yeah, there's, a part of, there's, a, there's a part of this that maybe this is Jose Altuve being the guy that he is. Maybe he just doesn't even want this to be on the radar right now because he doesn't want to have to worry about a new contract while this team is making a push into the playoffs and trying to win another World Series. Man. Maybe that's what it is. But... This is wildly concerning to me that there have there have been no preliminary, not even a hey, let's talk, hey, let's start discussions. Nothing, nothing yet, especially with Dana Brown saying all he said this year. Ugh. I mean, and this is my gut reaction. I thought it was funny with a lot of the people who cover the Astros on a daily basis being like so positive about Dana Brown coming in because of all the things that Dana Brown was saying. He was a little bit more open than you had with Jeff Luna before or with James Click before. 
he was giving the people that cover the team actual tidbits to work with. Yep. But to me, as someone who has seen so many people in so many different aspects of life promise things and not actually deliver on them, I just smelled full of bleep from yeah. the get-go. Yep, every this single time. This makes him seem full of bleep because yes. he has been over-promising for no reason really at all unless yeah. he just wants to have it at every press conference he does like a pom-pom It's a party. short-term PR move. That's what it looks like, a short-term PR move. But I, I, it... It's one thing if you try to approach Jose Altuve and he and and his and his representation and he says, "Hey, you know what? Let's wait. We're, I don't want to do this right now." That's one thing. But at least you approached him I, to to not even have approached him to start discussing a contract extension yet. I think, in my opinion, is wildly disrespectful to Jose Altuve and what he's done for this city. Now, maybe there is more that we don't know. Maybe Jose Altuve didn't want to divulge that they've actually had conversations. Who knows? But I, I this better not just be lip service from Dana Brown that he wants Jose Altuve to retire in an Astros jersey. And I, I honestly believe we, we can watch the Carlos Correa's leave. We can watch the George Springer's leave. We can watch, we can watch all sorts of people go all over the place. This city will riot if they do not keep Jose Altuve well, in an Astros I don't, jersey. I, don't know if I, I would. Oh, I absolutely would. You'll riot? Oh, yeah. I, even if I'm by myself, I will stand outside Minute Maid Park with a with a poster that says, bring back Altuve. Would you put on a uh, buffalo headdress? Uh, no, I would not do that. Not that kind of. I would put on that Dr. Pepper shirt that you're wearing, though, whenever you don't, eventually give it to you me. You are never going to get it from me. You are. Well, we'll see. I always get the yes. Don't worry, Paul. Tom Brady's not going to join the Jets. But what do they do now? Coming up next on Josh and the Who on ESPN 97.5 and 92.5. Josh Beard and the Who here on ESPN 97.5 and ESPN 92.5. Call, text into the show. Join the conversation. We've got Paul Gallant with us today. You can find him at Gallant Says on the X. You can find me at Josh Beard Radio and Andrew Carlson behind the glass. You can find him at Carlson Radio. Um... I that was very that that turned off very abruptly. I was talking with Andrew on text yesterday. We were on text. Oh my god, what am I? Seventy five. Andrew and I were texting yesterday, and uh, we were texting about some of the different things that that we have gone over on the show about the physical feats. And everybody makes fun of me about physical feats. So at two fifteen, reminder: we are going to go over a Josh versus. Uh, it's going to be Josh versus Paul, a physical feat off. Uh, things that we think that we could beat each other at. And really, Andrew is going to end up being the judge of that. But before we do that, we want to talk about your Lord and Savior, Tom Brady. Because there were rumors. There you go. Go ahead and get it out of the way if you're watching on Twitch.tv slash ESPN 975. He does that every time you bring up Tom Brady's name. Uh, there were rumors that the Jets had already started to reach out to Tom Brady to maybe join them as the quarterback. <laughs> maybe they could convince him to come out of retirement and play oh, for the Jets. So and everybody thought that was a reality where you could see Tom Brady playing the Patriots with the Jets. But don't worry, it's not going to happen. Well, well, here's I was thing. a little worried for you. Well, I wasn't. Here's the thing. <laughs> here's the thing about New York sports fans who constantly believe that they live in the center the absolute center of the universe. They delude themselves into believing that Tom Brady would want to play for an owner as bad as Woody Johnson. Uh, now, forget the fact that Tom Brady has on record said bleep the Jets when asked about the Jets' hard knocks this offseason. There is also just a long track record of people who know a thing or two about the Jets publicly being on record 
Bill Parcells, Bill Belichick, talking about their experience with that organization. And yet, New Yorkers, for whatever reason, uh, genius sports fans that they are, (laughs) um, they believe that somebody like Tom Brady would want to play for that organization. And here's the sad thing. like The roster's actually good. The defense is awesome. They have skilled players. But that offensive line, if you're 45 years old, you want to go play behind that offensive line? Dwayne Brown might be their best offensive lineman, and he's not the Dwayne Brown that we saw here in Houston anymore. Right. The guy Becton's a bust. The offensive line stinks. And, I mean, Rodgers, there's, I think, questions about how much preparation he really was doing for football this offseason. He had a calf injury yeah. earlier this offseason that, that maybe was the thing that re-aggravated itself on that. But uh, if you're 45, you don't want to die. No. You don't want to get hit hard. And in today's NFL, too, I, I think Brady realized that at the beginning of last year with all the injuries that the Bucks' offensive line had. There's so many bad offensive lines out there. Do you really want to keep playing when you're going to get hit? And do you want to play for one that's just got Aaron Rodgers killed? No, well, that, that's my answer. And, and there's a difference. I, how, how much do you, how do you believe that Tom Brady spent what would be his NFL offseason? Do you think he was spending time preparing for another NFL season? No. I don't think he was. He's probably working out, eating all the things that Tom Brady eats, doing like his Tom Brady nutrition and stuff like that. But there's ayahuasca. There's yeah. Well, no, that's Aaron Rodgers. Oh, uh, Doctor's retreat. Here's the problem: is uh, he really just needed to put some of the ayahuasca on his Achilles and on his calf, and he would have been fine. I don't know that's if it has problem. healing. Properties. It might. You never know. Who knows? Maybe he just needed to do a darkness retreat for his leg again. I have a friend who has done a darkness retreat. I have mm-hmm. a friend. That's same weird. Friend has also done a ayahuasca retreat. Yeah, and he's like been. Low key, every single time I've seen him trying to recruit me to do the same thing. Interesting. I'm like, and I'm like yeah, interesting. But the part where you told me about how everyone was sitting around in a dark room and uh, uh, soiling themselves That's was uh, not exactly where I was out. Interesting enough, I do vodka soda retreats every weekend, which lead to a darkness retreat until Saturday and, and Sunday mornings, wow. which is fine. I don't know that it's quite the same thing, okay. but it is in the same realm. Uh, so maybe I am more high-minded than it's I thought. a time thought. machine. Yeah. yeah. It is a time machine, kind of, just a little bit. Uh, Tom Brady's not going to be playing for the Jets. There's no way he prepared for an NFL season the way he would have normally prepared for an NFL season. And he does not, like you said, want to come play behind a bad offensive line. Um, and, and now they are without a quarterback. I, I know Zach Wilson's there. They don't have a quarterback. And Robert Sala had a couple of different quotes. He doesn't. He he, the, he said he said he would be surprised if Aaron Rodgers ended up retiring. I've heard a few other people say that as well. But hey, I, Pat McAfee just, said that too, and McAfee has Rodgers on every week. I, I I see that, but I just I don't know, man. At that age, if popping an Achilles like that, a full rupture of the Achilles, it just seems unlikely that he would. He I, he'll never come back and play at an Aaron Rodgers level, which he may not have with the Jets in the first place. But I have a hard time seeing him wanting to come back when he was already contemplating retirement. Well, I mean, he is allegedly dating somebody who is very attractive. Uh, yeah, spend more time with them. And I, I do feel like that's a that's a nice person to uh, have in your corner mm-hmm. when um, something like this is going down. I think that Rodgers does have a competitive level, and maybe it's not on the same level as Tom Brady. If you are on this team and you have seen how well they play defensively and you see the skill position players and you want to get an elusive second Super Bowl, you at the very least have to try to come back from it. And I think Rodgers will at the very least try. Yeah, that's fair. Does that mean he'll go all the way? No, I, I, but I think when it's time for him to start putting in the, the work, the difficult yeah. recovery work, I think he will try. And I, I yeah, the, the opportunity is too good and he seemed too happy going into this year 
for yeah. me to see him walking away altogether, especially after four plays. It's just such a bummer of a way for a career to end. Well, and Garrett Wilson has uh, was asked yesterday about what Aaron Rodgers said to him. Aaron Rodgers said, I'm sorry, kid. Like, that's that was his quote to Garrett Wilson. I mean, the first time you see this kid who you thought you were going to have this incredible connection with, who's this wildly talented young God, receiver, probably one of the— one, prob- Oh, it's insane. He's probably one of the most talented receivers Aaron Rodgers has played with in a long time, uh, outside of Devontae Adams and Greg Jennings uh, and Jordy Nelson. Greg like Jennings. He would be in that same— Greg Jennings. Put the team on my back. Uh, yeah. But I, Garrett Wilson and Aaron Rodgers were going to be this new one-two punch, and now it's gone. Robert Sala, though, he, he did go on to say he didn't— fully understand uh he didn't understand why people were writing his team off <laughs> already robert sala like look the th- poor guy you know you want to know why people are writing your team off you want to know why is because you, you zach wilson is your quarterback right now dude it's literally just his existence it's, is, is enough did you see his face when zach wilson was walking onto the field it yeah. looked like ben affleck in that interview with henry cavill after after or before batman versus superman where he's just staring off into the middle distance it's awful sad. It was awful, and I think that was every Jets fan. The Jets fan that flipped off, that flipped off the field, hilarious. Got a oh, nice I screenshot that. of that. I love that. Um, but yeah, he doesn't understand why people are writing off his team, and it's not. The, look, it's not you. I mean, this uh, here, here, here. We're gonna, have a, we're gonna have a discussion with Robert Solo, okay? Robert, look, it's not you. It's us. It's not you. It's not the team. It's not the talent Man. that you have. It's it's us. We don't believe in Zach Wilson or any of the quarterbacks. That you may or may not employ now or in the future. You sound like a crow pecking at an eagle's neck. Yeah. Which is the Robert Sala yeah. <laughs> metaphor of all metaphors to open up it, hard A knocks. dead eagle. The, the eagle is dead on the ground. I mean, I thought I made some reaches, like making comparisons to like random World War II <laughs> battles. But here's Robert Sala talking about how eagles to evade crows fly up into the atmosphere until the crows suffocate and die um yeah that beats game of thrones you're just a crow man that that beats he's an eagle that beats game of thrones the lion is uh, isn't concerned with the opinions of sheep that beats that yeah i'm just a crow pecking at the eagle's neck okay here's a list of uh veteran quarterbacks potential veteran free agent quarterbacks the jets could go after and let's see if any of these wet your whistle how do you how does the name carson wentz do what does that do for you when you hear Carson? Wentz? I would take so I have an irrational belief in Carson Wentz. Like, yeah, I, I still, do too. I'm still holding on to some of the stock. He was almost MVP in 2017. Then he got hurt. Then Nick Foles won the Super Bowl, and it's just been all downhill for yeah. Wentz ever since. I would take Wentz over Zach Wilson in a I heartbeat. Too. I don't think it would necessarily work out well, but you may as well roll the dice on somebody who has the potential to do good things for you. Maybe in a better situation than where he has been. The last couple of stops, maybe it works out a little bit better. Like, I don't think Indy was a great spot for him. Right. You got someone like Garrett Wilson to work with. I'm not saying it's going to happen, but I would take Wentz over Zach Wilson. Let's show. Let's let's go ahead and throw another name out there real fast because he says I'm he's probably going to say yes. He says he's not officially retired. Yeah. Matt Ryan. Yeah, I'd take Ryan. Yeah, I think I would, Zach too. Wilson. Really, it's just in, tell me a quarterback by name, and I'd All probably right. take him Let, over. Well, let's rapid fire these just for, for a second. Cam Newton. Yes. Colin Kaepernick. Yes. Josh Rosen. Yes. Joe Flacco. Yes. Nick Foles. Yes. Kellen Mond. Yes. Thank you. That made me happy. Bryce Perkins. Sammy Baugh. Dead uh, person. Yes. Dead person. Yes. Matt Barkley. 
Uh, <laughs> that's the Matt Barkley's the one that makes you stop. Probably, and probably, pause. I probably will with Matt Barkley. <laughs> well, he's a USC quarterback. You yeah, know, that's true. That's true. Seven one three seven eight zero three seven seven six. What quarterbacks would you have playing for the Jets over Zach Wilson? The answer probably the answer is probably all of them. You got a lot of options to choose from, and we are about to have a few options to choose from in this, that, or the other. Next on Josh and the Who on ESPN ninety seven five and ninety two five. Josh and the Who here on ESPN 97.5 and 92.5. Paul, you get to be in here for the second version, edition, episode, I don't know what you want to call it, of this, that, or the other. It's a brand new idea that we have where you get a couple, uh, you get multiple options, not just two options, but you get three different options to choose from, and then you have to choose one of those options. Okay. So, uh, it's not. Uh, it's not a would you rather because it's just two things. This is this, that, or the other. So it's three things. So that's the big difference okay. between those two things. Very creative idea that I came up with that Andrew is fully on board with, and he loved it. He actually wrote me a letter. I, I have handwritten physical letter that said, "Josh, this is one of the greatest ideas that I have ever heard of." Handwritten letters so mean much. the most. Are you thank, going to frame it? I already did. It's in my office. It's, and if he finished it up with, "Thank you so much for allowing me to produce this segment with you." And then he signed to Andrew, and it was wonderful. Um, okay, first off, yes, this is this is the first scenario. What uh, a question! What's the biggest bar tab you've ever had? I feel like with you, there are probably some pretty substantial bar tabs. Well, the trick is, Josh Beard. Yeah, you just never look at your bank account. <laughs> that's I. Uh, I feel like that's a, like a really unhealthy way to do it, but also m- might work. The it was for over five hundred dollars. Oh, that's not that's not as bad as I thought. I know. It would be. I, I stay away from the bottles. Yeah, but that's good. There was there was one one wedding I got way over the top generous. Was it in oh, terms of buying drinks for, for other, other people? people that's afterwards. where that's where bar tabs and always. Shots. Yeah, and that, I, I looked at it. I was like, oh, oh damn. Uh, with the tip, it was like five hundred and twenty. Yeah. I, so for me, it was almost five hundred dollars. It was we we're out at Sixth Street on um, for New Year's Eve. And then we bought a couple of bottles of champagne. I was buying Cabo Wabo shots for everybody. Oh. Uh, it was it was we bought shirts for when we were just bar hopping. But one one of the bars, the, the total, it was over five hundred dollars. One of the bars that the one that we stayed at the longest was almost five hundred dollars. So I thought I thought for sure I've had a friend who had a fifteen hundred dollar bar tab one yeah. time. His wife was not happy the next day when he woke up and realized how much money he had spent. Well, it was a real bad scenario. There was a club that went viral recently in Houston where. The people were legitimately just buying bottles and pouring them out. Yeah. It was the end of the night, so that might have been why, but it was legitimately two people from two different non-Houston cities trying to uh, out-big Schmenzer the other people. Interesting. Yeah. That's a little ridiculous. Well, we heard about the Wisconsin bar that was offering free beer for mm-hmm. any time that the Jets, when they started Aaron Rodgers, lost a game. Well, okay. That bar still had that deal going whenever the Jets played Monday Night Football. And um, let's just say some of those people got a little willy-nilly with their pocketbooks willy-nilly. once Whoa. once Aaron Rodgers went down. Well, I saw I heard you using all your different sayings earlier, so I've been trying to throw a few here and there. Willy-nilly. Willy-nilly. Uh, they got a, little, uh, got a little loose with the pocketbook whenever Aaron Rodgers went down because in their mind, uh, the Jets were absolutely going to lose that game. Here's the best part. A news uh, a news outlet from this bar in Wisconsin <laughs> covered it, and they were live whenever the Jets ended up running that pump back for the touchdown and winning the game. Let's go ahead and listen to the poor people at this bar. 
Another condition is Aaron Rodgers must start the game, but the rules say nothing about him having to finish it. So there's a loud roar when Rodgers leaves the game hurt in the first quarter. The fans say it's nothing personal. I mean, I'm not necessarily opposed to Rodgers, but uh, tonight I'm thinking with my wallet instead. Still, some say they'll be flying high regardless of the outcome because after Sunday's game, they're in love. I think we can work around that, especially after Jordan Love's performance yesterday. I'm not too down in the dumps after that. So, And the mood has changed considerably. That is because the Jets just won the game on a long touchdown in overtime. You can take a look. This is the reaction from a bar where people are realizing the bar tabs, they've been racking up all night, thinking, certainly with Rogers hurt, the bar was going to be paying that tab. It is setting in. They are going to have to go to the bar and pay that tab. Rough look. I can't imagine how much, how big of a bar tab some of those people racked up thinking it was going to be covered and paid for. Well, because they're Wisconsinites. They, yeah, they're yeah. probably drinking a lot of spotty cow. Oh, yeah. Tons, tons of spotted cows. You ever and, had spotted cow? Yes, and, very good. And lineys, a lot of lineys. Although Whoa, that's, line more na- uh, that's more that's more national now. Shandy. Dude, the summer shandy was my jam. When I lived in the Midwest, it was only in those Midwest regions. I you and lived it, in the Midwest. Yeah, it was delicious. Good and for th- you that you are still alive. Oh after yeah, there. <laughs> it was. It got cold a couple of times. It also got hot a couple of times. Yeah, it's- I loved living there though. It was fun. Mm. You you would never live in the Midwest? I didn't think we should sell the Midwest to Canada for $10. <laughs> uh, well, We'd have less fat people, less less obesity with less wheat, less corn. The best part about this video is there are people in the backgrounds that it like they, we turned it into a joke. I think there were a couple of guys who probably legitimately, they're going to have some tough times after the bar test that they racked up. You have this is to, rough for them. After that moment in time. You have to gauge how the game's actually going yeah. before you decide to go crazy with it. Yeah. And forgotten in that game because of Aaron Rodgers tearing his Achilles, Achilles was that, um, I almost said Josh Beard, Josh mm. Allen. Well, you could have said that. My, my like middle name is Allen. I know. So, that's yeah. why I thought yeah. about it for a second, <laughs> just to differentiate you from another Josh Beard. Yeah. Uh, Josh Allen played like a drunk person. He was awful. He, the three interceptions were terrible. That strip fumble on the play that was ruled down by uh, forward progress being stopped, that should have been six points for the New York Jets. He was throwing his body all over the place almost as crazily as he had that ridiculous lateral against the Texans oh, in yeah. the playoffs a couple of years ago. Uh, yeah. It, well, the best part about this video, too, is that there was one Jets fan who just who, who double-fisted a couple of beers and just poured it straight into his mouth and was just... He was goading every single, every single person at the bar who'd racked up the tab. Uh, next up on this, that, or the other, he, uh, the, Derek Carr... <laughs> Derek Carr is not... The most interesting person in the world. I don't know. I kind of like. I kind of like the cut of his jib from this perspective. Uh, He's very sensitive. Yeah. He wears eyeshadow. He looks like he does. <laughs> Look it up. Yeah. He, does he, he really? Tell me he doesn't. Okay, I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to look at this. You can't convince this, you me. You can't he just claim so, that a, that a, that somebody wears eyeshadow with no with nothing to back it up. He he looks like. I now that I think about it, it kind of does look like he wears eyeshadow. If you. If you gave him a '80s hair metal wig, he he would look the part because he's already got the the makeup on. So allegedly, yeah. um, I, I'm making this allegation. I, this his eyes are completely unfounded. Least. So uh, I, I just I enjoy Carr and his sensitive side. Well, here is Derek Carr from the game on Sunday. I, I guess he had seen something against the defense, and he told Rashid Shahid, "Hey, I want to give it one more chance. Give me another shot." 
Be ready if I give you a go route to end this thing. All right? For Rashida, go. Hey, hey, listen to me, she freaking run. Run. So it's Carr on third down. Down the sideline, open receiver, Shaheen! Boom! Yeah! Yes! Ah! <laughs> Boom! That was, that's 100% something I would do. Not not the greatest of hype. Man. It's like, look, I, I like where he's coming from. He has a good heart. But the execution is just not always the best. It's not my favorite. So your second option is going to be Derek Carr related. Good call by him to notice the go route, but that was a little corny, a little cheesy. Uh, The third option is going to be Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift-esque. So here, now having heard the audios of everything, here are your options in this, that, or the other, everybody. 713-780-3776. You have to pay a bar tab you racked up where you thought you were going to drink for free all night. You have to sit and listen to an hour-long Derek Carr lecture or pep talk. That. Or you have to be in the room anytime Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift are quietly hanging out. Uh, reportedly, Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey well, might be an on. item. And they're quietly hanging out. an option? Well, I don't mean like, I mean like they're just hanging out talking. Yeah, because like that's what they're doing is hanging not out and doing talking. What, could, that just seems like the weirdest combination in the world, Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift. The two of them couldn't be more oil and water, in my opinion. I don't know. You No, come on. This isn't an opposite to track. Like, it, imagine the song when Travis Kelsey inevitably ruins this. Imagine the songs that she's going to well, write. Swifties well, should be excited. Who's to say that Travis Kelsey's going to ruin it? He will. We met Travis Kelsey once. Do you remember? Do you remember Radio Row here in Houston? We tried to get Travis Kelsey on the show, and he very rudely, rudely. I disres- don't remember. This. You don't. Oh, he disrespected the heck out of us when oh, we tried did? to get him on the show. And is, is that I will, why I've always been annoyed by him? Yes. <laughs> that would explain yes. a lot. I totally forgot about it was, that. It was both me and you. Oh, oh, no. it, was, it was me. It was for the show. You weren't, you weren't there, okay. but we tried I to get there. him. Yeah, you weren't there in person. I will never forget that. He is one of my least favorite people in the wow. sports world because of that. Because- I, I've actually come around at him recently because the, he actually seems like a normal human being when he's on a podcast with his brother <sighs> as opposed to the reality TV show and yeah. also the different ways that he talks to different people, if you will, on a he's, football field. He's so stupidly likable on that podcast with his brother Jason. Okay, but what, which one do you choose? You have well, to pay off the bar tab. You man. have to listen to an hour-long lecture and pep talk from Derek Carr. I kind of Listen, this is going to sound perverted, but like, <laughs> it's got to be option three. I, uh, I mean, so listen, you're going to be in the room anytime Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift are quietly. With his weird southern accent. Boom! Would be fun. And, and, well, he has a weird, like, slight southern accent. Yeah. It's like, dude, you're from Bakersfield, California. Oh! Or, or Fresno. You know, you're, you're not... <laughs> You're not from yeah. the sticks, I think, and I know he lived in Houston for a bit with his um, uh, when his brother got drafted here. Um, but after an hour, I get tired of that. Where I think after ten minutes, I don't I know. I'm kind of curious to anymore. see what would happen if Kelsey and Taylor Swift are alone with each other. The, my favorite part about the Derek Carr audio <laughs> is at the end he just made a noise. Like it wasn't even. It was just like ah. It was the final ah! noise. <laughs> I like that. Uh, no, no. Andrew, what would you choose between these three? Pay the bar tab that you racked up whenever you thought you were going to drink for free all night. Um, you have to listen to an hour-long lecture slash pep talk from Derek Carr, or you have to be in the room anytime Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift are quietly hanging out. Yeah! Yeah! I'm going to go with Derek Carr. Derek Carr. All right. Uh, what's your reasoning for that? I don't want to pay off a bar tab. I don't right. make enough money to pay off an obscene bar tab. 
And I don't really want to have any part in whatever Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift are doing off in the corner, quietly hanging out by themselves. Why yeah. not? Maybe they're going to make music together. I'm not a voyeur. Music. Well, yeah, music. I'm sure uh, that's what they're music. making. Uh, you can make your own type of music. No. Sing your own song. No. Uh, I would rather pay the bar tab. I don't want to do either of the other things. I don't want to sit in, I can't imagine that Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift quietly hanging out isn't, no matter what they're doing. It's probably the most awkward thing that's happened. Taylor Swift in general, and hopefully no Swifties are listening, Taylor Swift in general is is just awkward and, and very cringy. Travis Kelsey can also be that too. I don't want any part of it. And I just I could do ten minutes of Derek Carr, couldn't do an entire hour. I'd rather pay off the bar tab. Fifteen hundred dollars, twenty five hundred dollars, don't care. I'll put it on a credit card. I'll I'll declare bankruptcy afterwards. I'm gonna pay that bar tab. Over the other two options. Uh coming up next on the show, a couple of NFL teams. Some contenders, some playoff teams, eh, they might be on Fraud Watch. We're going to talk about that next on Josh and the Who on ESPN 97.5 and 92.5 at Houston. This is the moment that you've been waiting for. Big 12 football is finally here. Saturday, September 16th, the University of Houston Cougars are going to clash with last year's national championship runner-up, the TCU Horned Frogs. It's time to fill up TDECU Stadium. As of right now, we're going to give you a chance to go as caller number five at 713-780-3776. You're going to win a pair of tickets to the game. If you're looking for tickets of your own, you can buy a Cougar Paw package, which includes three games. You can select that TCU game as one of your games. The package is only $66. It just doesn't include the Texas game. So go get your tickets today at uhcougars.com slash tickets or call 713-GO-COUGS. ESPN. Josh and the Who on ESPN 97.5 and 92.5-713-780-3776. I am here with former short crest preparatory all, what was it, all something safety? All, first team all district. First team all district safety, Paul Gallant. That's what happens when you're in a division where no one passes and you just get a yeah. leap ton of tackles. I'll, gi- I'll, give you, I'll give you your flowers, they did, man. They did, they did give me one. I was In retrospect, I'm like, wait, how? How did I get How this? did you get all? It doesn't this matter. This a lot of tackles. doesn't matter how you got it. All that matters is that you did get it. And you weren't a fraud. While you were getting it, you weren't a fraud. What, what a transition. Yeah. Well, I wasn't transitioning. Damn, I was hoping that you would say, yeah, definitely wasn't a fraud. I've never been a fraud in my life. Well, that's not true. You have, you have some of the things that you have told me have been fraudulent because I, you like I, to troll me. I have a southern accent. That's fraudulent. But I, I was able to coach it out of myself over years of dedication and earnest hard work. Andrew, I'm really sorry. I, d- I opened him up to this one. I opened this one up. This is my fault. I set this one up, uh, and you can blame me for this one. Uh, in the in the words of Bill O'Brien, this one's on me. Mm. This is on me. Uh, okay. Your little teapot? For, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm a little teapot <laughs> in O'Brien. Uh, I still think that he hated me very, very much. O'Brien? Yeah. He hated everything. That's... That you suck too. That the those blue piercing eyes could really cut into your soul. It's that the, was the craziest thing about the him. Butt chin. Yeah, the butt chin. That would it was if, mesmerizing. If you weren't careful and you stared at it too long, it could actually pull you into it like a black void of nothingness, mm-hmm. and then you would just cease to exist. Yes. Uh, but he was a fraud when he was here as the Texans head coach, and this is a transition into talking about the frauds of the NFL. Oh. We're gonna we're going on fraud watch now. This is something that Andrew uh, Andrew and I talked about a little bit yesterday. We wanted to discuss it with you where there are some teams that we expected to be contenders we expected them to be playoff teams for one reason or another and we're wondering if they should be on fraud watch after week one in the nfl now i think it's a valuable question to ask 
Can you put teams on Fraud Watch after only one week? Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Good. I'm glad you agree with that. I th- a lot of people wouldn't agree with that. A lot of people would say, no, it's just they're one soft. game. Yeah. And, well, maybe they're going to look at the mirror and see themselves as the fraud. We like making hard decisions here on this show. We have cojones. Yeah, and I know you like making hard decisions. Clackers. And we are hard together here on Josh and so the So hard together. And the fraud, Andrew, Andrew is too. The three of us, we are very hard on this show. Very hard. And we're going to continue to be hard. Mm-hmm. Um, and now we have to talk about the first team. This one seems obvious to me for fraud watching the NFL. The Bills. Are the Buffalo Bills frauds? The way Josh Allen, you talked about it just a little bit ago. The way he played to end the season last year... I I kept explaining it away as like, hey, look, he had shoulder issues. The throwing, obviously, the throwing motion, some of that stuff is a little uh, a little messed up because he had that shoulder issue and he played through it all through the season. He's had more than enough time to get right, to rehab, get in, get himself into the shape he needed to be in. But he's still having issues. It's not a, it's not throwing. It's reading the defense and reading the field. I won't call the Bills frauds yet, mm. but I do think that it's fair to say that Josh Allen without Brian Dayball as his offensive coordinator yeah. is a fraud. Yeah. Which is what that that to me I agree with that and the most surprising thing with that is that is how bad Daniel Jones looked in week 1. Like that is surprising to me because Brian Dayball has, is somebody who made Josh Allen look much much better and I think we're seeing that now with the way Josh Allen has looked without him. Daniel Jones is a country club running back masquerading as a quarterback that's true that's fair he's very athletic he can throw the ball pretty well downfield but you'll notice they went away from that pretty much entirely uh last season with Dayball in because they wanted to highlight the strengths I don't think that Jones is going to look like that every single week right but I do think that in, in the case of Josh Allen you'll notice that Josh Allen's bad habits stopped with Brian Dayball yeah, but Brian Dayball's been gone for the last two years, and you've noticed some of this sloppy, dumb play by Allen, who I don't think has a great um, governor when it comes to knowing when to take crazy Brett Favre back in the day risks and when to be safe. Yeah, uh, I, I, from uh, selfishly, I'm just a big fan of Josh Allen. I have been since he came into the league. I loved seeing him turn the corner and become one of the best quarterbacks in the league. I'd like to see him put it together. I, they, I, I think they need a few more weapons too. The offensive line hasn't been great for them all the time. I don't understand why they're throwing to well, they Hardy, got Stephon Diggs. They, they, they just do. drafted Dalton Kincaid. Yeah, but he's a rookie tight end. I'm not going to expect much from a rookie tight end right now. James Cook could be that, but it, they kept going to Hardy over and over and over again instead of having James Cook out there. But other than Stefan Diggs, like Gabe Davis has had his moments, but he's not consistent. They drafted Khalil Shakir in the four area in the fifth round a couple of drafts ago. That hasn't really panned out. Like they haven't done a ton to put. I like that they traded up for Dalton Kincaid, and that's a step in the right direction. But they need more. You can't make excuses for Allen when that's he's fair. turning it over three times. You know, like I, I get. That there's That's an idea fair. that you could have more around him, but I- I'm curious to see how Stephon Diggs is going to handle the rest of this year because it seemed like Stephon Diggs was mad at Josh Allen at the end of last year. Yeah. And if you're Josh, if you're Stephon Diggs, how are you not mad at Josh Allen after this game? Because Josh Allen threw three interceptions, could have had four turnovers in that game in a game where Aaron Rodgers got hurt on the fourth play. Yeah, yeah. He, I mean, he looked 
awful every, pretty much every. He would have a couple of throws here and there that looked okay, but every single drive he looked awful. Someone three seven eight zero three seven seven six. The HRMP caller line. Thomas from the Heights wants to talk about the Week One frauds. Thomas, how's it going, man? Hey, brothers. Just wanted to get hard with y'all here in the house. Of course, heights. yeah. We're, that's what we do. We get hard I'm on the Somebody show. else wanted to get hard. Get hard, yeah. Uh, so I just wanted to call out a fraud from the Chicago Bears. They had one job, not create a, like some sort of legacy or legend around Jordan Love. They just, you know, crapped the bed, made him look really good. I just don't know about Justin Fields. They had weapons, offense looks bad. So I just, I just wanted to call out, be hard on this. So I'll hang up and listen. I'm glad Thomas called in because the the Bears were on my list. We I made a hard list, and I I am very I'm very hard on the Bears being a fraud right now. Um, they dra- they traded for DJ Moore, which I thought was an incredible move. Justin Fields had his moments last year after Getzey. They had that long break between Thursday night football and Monday night football, and it really looked like Getzey try he found a way to make that offense work around Justin Fields. And there were signs that, hey, what is this going to look like when they have an entire offseason to build something around fields? And they add that new weapon in DJ Moore. They add Roshan Johnson in the draft. Khalil Herbert finally has the chance to be the number one guy with David, David Montgomery gone. Uh, they Then they sign uh, Deontay Foreman. So it looks like they have that running back group. They have some decent wide receivers, maybe. No, they don't. They don't. Chase Claypool sucks. And, and uh, Darnell Claypool Mooney had an okay game. I want to focus on Claypool for a second. Yeah. Claypool sucks. Claypool oh, he said awful. he was a top three wide receiver, and he wasn't even trying the no. entire game. I, I like he is not held accountable enough no. for one saying he is a top three wide receiver. It was one of the most ridiculously stupid things I've ever heard an NFL player say. That was his rookie season. Was it his rookie year? Or was it going? It was into going his second into year? last year. Oh, going into last. It was going year. into okay. last year, and I mean, the Bears trading for him was, I, I think, a massive mistake and a sign of desperation that they're yeah. trying to make things work around Justin Fields. Imagine trading the first pick in the second round for Chase Claypool. Yeah. Awful. Essentially. Yeah. I mean, Claypool stinks. And to bring it back to Fields, Fields is what happens when a bunch of people think a player is good because he put up good fantasy numbers. Because the Bears know exactly how limited Justin Fields is as a quarterback. They know. I mean, this is a team that, classic Bears fashion, was at times throwing the ball less than, what, 20 times a year? Or 20 times a game? Yep. So, um, I'd say with Fields, like, Fields has never really proven anything. And a lot of people were buying into this season for reasons that I can't quite understand. Uh, just the excitement. I mean, the the games he's that, fun to watch. The games that you saw last year, where he was really fun to watch before he got a little banged up and then struggled in those final couple of games of the season. That's what it was. It was the excitement. People got caught up in the moment of what Justin Fields was showing you, and and the the thought process is. Hey, if Justin Fields is doing this with his legs, imagine what happens if he gets a real weapon that he can throw to. And DJ Moore is supposed to be that. They just haven't done it yet. They, ha- they Look, in preseason and in training camp, we saw the training camp offseason hype of Fields throwing to DJ Moore, and it looked fun. They didn't do anything week one. I, I'm, not, I'm not quite ready to call them frauds yet, but I'm closer to calling them frauds than I am calling the Bills frauds. That is absolutely true. They are closer to frauds. To me right it's, now. It's the same old Bears. Like, it, it, yeah, you're, you're probably not wrong. They just passed. Look, it went from Brett Favre to Aaron Rodgers to Jordan Love. They're just passing the family heirloom down. The fact that we have that team shoved in our face as much yeah. in primetime football as we do bad NFC East football makes me angry. Like, yeah. We should never have to watch the Chicago Bears. They're a bad football team. They have no offensive firepower. They never have. 
and yet we are forced to watch them play the Packers every single season. It's like, hey, let's watch a baby lamb get devoured by a predator. It's essentially the same thing every year, and I I think it was very unbranded that they got their asses kicked by the Packers. I don't know how, but somehow this is Joe George's fault, and we're going to leave it at that. Coming up next, we're diving into Hour 3, and we want to talk about the Astros today. 713-780-3776. Remember... Tell us all of the things you would rather do than watch the Astros lose to the Athletics a third time in a row again tonight. Could you imagine if they get swept? We'll discuss this next on Josh and the Who on ESPN 97.5 and 92.5.